Hey guys, this is Rob and welcome to, oh, hold on just a second, I'm going to burp. I just take, took a massive drink of Guinness right before hitting record and that is not the smartest thing I've ever done. Okay, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm here, I'm composed, I'm relaxed. Uh, what oh, what the hell am I doing right now? Oh man, this is, a, this is literally the most unprofessional intro to one of these I've ever done already and I'm like 30 seconds in. Okay, uh, how's it going? How's your day going? This is day number 10 of this experiment that I'm calling Give Us This Day Our Daily Guinness and it all stemmed from, listen, I, if you've been following along with the podcast, you know that for the past about a year and a half, I've been sitting down with people every week on location over drinks to try and get past what it is they do to try and find out who they are, why they do it, and what I can learn from them. And I had this question that happened. I, I, what would happen if I sat down every day of 2019 and I drank a pint of Guinness and I recorded a podcast episode and just put it out there in addition to my uh, regular weekly long format conversations? So this is day 10 of it. And uh, I am going to be just totally honest with you right now, starting anything new for me, a new endeavor or even a new like twist on endeavor. I've been doing this podcast for the past year and so I'm kind of used to some things. I'm still learning in a lot of things uh, in relation to this podcast, but and even this, this like twist on this experiment has me, I feel like I'm freaking bipolar. I've got like great days. I'm really pumped. Uh, I'm like, I could do this every day. One a day. I should be doing two a day. Well, bring it on. Let's have it. Let's hire somebody to start scheduling these. Let's make it happen. Let's kick in a high year. And then like a day later or even like three hours later, I'm sitting here thinking, what the hell am I doing with my life? Have I bitten off more than I can chew? I can drink Guinness every day. That's no problem. But trying to figure out uh, what I'm doing every day for these conversations, what does that look like? Uh, so I, I have no idea. But here's the deal. 10 days in and I'm still pumped about it. The conversations that this has been opening up uh, have been... Has, man, this is so cheesy for me to say right now, but this has been one of the greatest learning experiences. This has literally been one of the most jam-packed weeks of things I've learned about myself personally, the way I create, the way I need to structure my day and time to be productive. Uh, and even like conversationally, this has opened up so many awesome conversations, uh, both with the people I have had on the podcast so far and uh, with some of you that have written in to the podcast or hit me up on social media. Uh, but really, it just all comes down to, I've said it before, maybe you're getting tired of this, but it's just a question I had of can I, what would happen if I changed my viewpoint of the word curiosity or my definition of curiosity from a noun to an outlook, to an outlook on life, the way I hold myself in the universe, to an action, to the way I spend my days. Can I, can I start living uh, more open-minded and more curious about the people around me, the, the drinks and cocktails and food that's in front of me? Can I like start asking, can I, like, what kind of questions can I ask? Can I learn to ask better questions? Can I do this on a daily basis? I've got a million questions and now I'm having a panic attack on the microphone. I'm just kidding. Just a second. Drink of Guinness. Obligatory sip of Guinness, by the way. I'm so thankful we don't have sponsors on this podcast. Or else I'd have to tell you that Guinness is the greatest beer on the face of the earth. By the way, in, during one of my, uh, one of my, like I, I ebb and flow 
up and down constantly as someone as someone who is creating things, trying things, trying new things out. I am on a daily basis questioning myself. And I was telling Sarah, what if I I'm committing to drink a Guinness every day for a year? And sometimes it's not even just a Guinness a day. I've gone out to grab a Guinness with friends and it's turned out to be like two or three. Um, but she reminded me, she's like, well, why don't you just drink a Guinness every day until you get sick of it and then stop? So that's what I'm doing. I'm not sick of it yet. Uh, but here's the deal. Speaking of speaking of a minute ago, I was talking about how this has been awesome of connecting with some of you on social media. I want Here's how today's conversation came about. And it has to do with social media. And it has to do with how a love I have of something actually changed. Excuse me. Man, maybe drinking Guinness while recording these intros is not the smartest thing. Well, uh, it, it, uh, my love of Guinness, <laughs> geez, Freudian slip, uh, a love I have for something actually changed the way I think about something I actually have been hating the past year. And what I hate, what I hate, let's start talking about some negativity here. I hate freaking Facebook. I have been so sick and tired of Facebook over the past year and a half or two, but especially with all this last year of the politics and stuff, the arguing, the like, the comment section back and forth banter, I have a really big problem with it. Uh, and it's not good for me. Uh, I either start, if I spend too much time in like comment sections on Facebook, I either start overly judging other people and, uh, or, um, my mind, I feel, I feel, I consider myself an open-minded person, but I can just feel my mind closing down and just, just holding more and more firm to the things that I believe and the things I just need to, I feel like I want to force down people's throats. Anyway, because of that, I've been really limiting my Facebook, uh, I don't know, interaction, feed scrolling, whatever. My time on Facebook, I've been limiting. So on social media, I most of my time on social media connecting with people is connecting with them through Instagram. And then that kind of pushes over in my Instagram post post on uh, Facebook. But since doing this podcast for the past uh, 10 days now, uh, I need to know what's going on in the world around me and specifically like events in the Twin Cities. What's happening in the Twin Cities here? Uh, what are my friends up to? What are people going to? What are people talking about? And uh, I have realized, number one, I've realized I think I'm way more of a hermit than I thought I uh, th- they thought I was. If I had typically, if I have a night off, just my I, my phone's off. I'm at home, but I've been pushing myself. I'm jumping on Facebook, looking at different events, seeing what's going around, seeing, seeing what's going on around me, and uh, and trying to see, okay, where what can I, where are my friends can be at, where are people I know, where are people that, where are just like curious events that are happening around me. Uh, anyways. All of that spiel to say since then, it's actually, I've actually had a really positive change this past week in the way I look at Facebook. Uh, it's been less of reading like comments and people's opinions, but more of checking with friends and meeting people and seeing, uh, seeing what everybody's up to. It's been just a really positive thing. So, 
uh, I as I was on there, I was looking at. I'm actually playing with my buddy Dan Rodriguez, who was on this show a few days ago. We grabbed a pint of Guinness at Keegan's in Northeast Minneapolis. I'm playing with him at the end of January at the 318 uh, in Excelsior, Minnesota, I believe is where it is. And I was looking on Facebook at that event, and that event linked to Dan is doing. Um, he's doing every Friday night there playing. Uh, he's got a spot with different artists, but he's playing every Friday night in January. And then I saw that every actually Saturday night, a guy named Adam Levy, who is a musician in town, uh, is playing every Saturday night with other musicians at the same spot. So that sent me on the rabbit trail of seeing what he was up to. And you know, Adam, I'm going to just say it right now, Adam and his brother Noah are, are, they're kind of like I've I just met Adam for the first time tonight and him and his brother Noah are kind of they're like those I don't want to say guiding lights because that's so cheesy or so, I, they're they're like that that uh like a needle on a compass for creativity and healthy creativity and moving uh how, what it looks like to be functioning as a mus- a working musician uh a lot of my friends have always talked about how inspired they are uh, by these two brothers and I've seen them play, but I've actually never met them in person, so it was really cool. Tonight, I actually saw that he was playing for a benefit concert at Summit Brewing in St. Paul, Minnesota for an organization called the Minnesota Music Coalition. And I was uh, as I was pulling it up, I was like, Minnesota, I'm a musician in Minnesota, and I've never heard of this. Uh, how has this not been on my radar? Probably because I haven't been on Facebook. Uh, but I was looking it up, and it's fascinating uh, this Minnesota Music Coalition, I started realizing that their their singular goal is to help musicians have more successful careers. So they go about that in a few different ways, but I reached out to them, and I actually reached out to Ellen Stanley, and I said, hey, listen, I'm in town. I would love to swing by Summit, uh, check out the music that I was playing. They were doing a night of, it was, what were they calling it, Novox or something like that, Novo, where they were just purely instrumental music. And I said, hey, It'd be awesome to swing out and check it out and ask you a couple questions and learn more about the Music Coalition. So that's what happened. Swung by and had a great conversation learning about it. And it was it was so cool that this organization exists, an organization that there apparently is nothing like this anywhere in the United States. No state has a nonprofit that is doing uh, what the Minnesota Music Coalition is doing. Uh, so it's so fascinating. And as we were talking, we decided actually maybe 10, five minutes isn't enough time. Uh, we should sit down and have a longer, uh, conversation for one of my longer Tuesday episodes, uh, to dive in what they think musicians can do to help benefit their career tips. They give people, uh, networking advice, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's going to happen. I'm going to say that right now. Ellen, we're going to make it happen. Uh, it's just a matter of time. One more thing before we dive in here. Uh, having to do with social media and Facebook. I While I was there, Adam was playing with a guy named Barb Bernstead who was playing bass, just crushing it. I've never met her before, but we met for the first time. And another guy named Ken Bromstead, uh, who I hadn't met either. And I was talking to Barb. And she said, oh, yeah, it was great to meet you. We had a great conversation. And she said, hey, you know what? You should hit me up on Facebook. It'd be cool to connect and maybe uh, check out each other's shows sometime in the near future. And it was, you know, I feel it was that interaction that made me think, you know what? 
maybe I have it all wrong. Maybe I've been too negative and closed-minded about this whole Facebook thing. When used properly, maybe Facebook can be a really positive thing, a really positive connector. Maybe instead of something that I've been looking at as uh, pushing people away from me and just separating us and just a play, like uh, a place for arguments, maybe Facebook really can uh, be a way to connect with people that you meet in person. And as all things in social media, hopefully this weird online thing that we're doing right now, uh, will lead to in-person interactions. So I think that's what it's all about. I don't know. Facebook, if you're listening, uh, give me a call sometime. I'm sorry. I've been blocking your calls. Uh, but let's maybe uh, rekindle our relationship in a really healthy way. Let's set some boundaries. Uh, I know our one night stand uh, left both of us feeling a little uncomfortable, but I feel like we could be friends. I feel like there's a a beautiful friendship that could, you know, maybe it's a three-way friendship between you, me, Instagram, Twitter, and I are not on a speaking relationship. Uh, that's that's not even going to exist in this. But, you know, maybe it's like a, a, a little date the three of us can go on. Get to know each other. Maybe maybe uh, get a feel for the chemistry. Uh, see what happens. I don't know. Anyways, what the hell am I talking about? Okay, here is my conversation with Ellen Stanley. It's short. It's to the point. Talking about what the heck is the Minnesota Music Coalition. And here's the deal. Of course, it was quite in the tap room until like a minute into recording this conversation. The music kicked in in the background. And so it's super loud. I tried to EQ that out, but it's super loud. So I'm sorry about that. I know, uh, the recording is not, uh, up to par with, uh, what I'd like it to be, but trust me, I think Minnesota music coalition is fascinating and good things to come. Great conversations to come because a lot of you listening are musicians or people in a creative field. And I feel like there's some things that I can learn and that we can all benefit from uh, to help our careers in this. But because let's be real, none of us got in music or creative, uh, I don't, not creative fields, but like artist fields, uh, because we like things like networking or the business side of stuff. We, um, If you're anything like me, you push back on that stuff hardcore, but we need to embrace it if we're going to be freaking sustainable. And I want to hear your music. The world wants to hear your music. Uh, so... I want to learn how to be better on the business side of stuff. Okay, here's my conversation with Ellen at Summit Brewing Company in St. Paul, Minnesota. Minnesota Music Coalition, what is it? We are the only statewide nonprofit devoted solely to supporting musicians of all genres, ages, and backgrounds. And we're actually the only statewide nonprofit like us in the country. So there's no equivalent to us in New York or California. Really? So what we, um, that's not affiliated with the government or, yes. you know, the, and that serves all genres. So um, basically what we're here to do is uh, to help musicians um, have more successful careers. And for every musician, yeah. they're in a different place. So yeah. from emerging artists who are just starting out trying to navigate the music industry to veterans who are like, maybe they've been doing it for 30 years, but all of a sudden now they're self-releasing the records as opposed to being on a label and they don't really trying to figure out that or do I even make CDs anymore or you know all that stuff so um, or like or crowdsourcing or you yes. know how do these different things work so um, so we basically are there to be a one-stop shop for musicians okay. who have questions need services and we have a few specific programs we, we do but we also are happy to just 
answer yeah. questions yeah, and yeah, guide yeah. people or refer people to other organizations that might have more expertise. Like if they have like more, maybe it's more mental health stuff, we'd refer them to dissonance because they work with creative people dealing with mental health issues. Um, or, uh, yeah, so it just depends on what they're, yeah. or if they're a composer um, and they're and they're looking for opportunities for to get their work performed, American Composers Forum might be more yes. fitting. So we do that, um, but we also just, we provide skills, resources, and opportunities. So we do monthly workshops, we do musician mentoring, where we give one-on-one help uh, to musicians for wherever they are in their career, matching them up with experienced artists or industry professionals. We do uh, a touring program of Greater Minnesota called Caravan de Nord, where we um, have a day of uh, workshops and, and music industry networking and a big concert, multi-genre concert, showcasing artists from across the state. Yes. Um, we also do a three-day, actually this year a four-day uh, music conference in April called the Minnesota Music Summit, which okay, is like yeah, a little yeah. mini South by Southwest in St. Really? Paul. Oh, that's so cool. So it, it brings, it's very accessible, so um, both in terms of uh, cost as well as in terms of proximity. So, oh, yeah. So people, and we're the only thing like this in the region that isn't, again, genre-specific. So people come from Wisconsin, Iowa, and all over Minnesota to attend, and we have speaker, keynote speakers, and panels and uh, community conversations and performances um, so that's another program we do we also do we book special events so like we're here tonight at Summit yeah. Brewing and we are booking a, a new instrumental music series here at yes. Summit um, I love by the way that the it was super quiet until the moment we start talking. <laughs> I know, exactly. It is, yeah. But it's perfect. Now they know yes. what's happening. Oh, yeah. Uh, exactly. Um, and then we also book the music at the Republic at the airport, Yeah. Uh, which is a, a very cool music stage. So we book music four days a week, 52 weeks a year at the airport. Yeah. Those are all paid gigs. So um, we're putting mu- also money in musicians' pockets. See, okay, that's a cool thing because even with chatting you before we start recording, I realized my initial mindset would be you're a nonprofit, so you you're just getting people that play for free all no, the time. And no, it sounds no, no, like no. you have musicians like longevity in mind or oh, like yeah. sustainability. And, the, and there's no way we, we couldn't uh, walk the talk if we did not pay musicians. In my mind, one of the other roles we have in addition to providing services is to actually be fl- fly the flag of Minnesota music, but also be an advocate on behalf of musicians. So like... Um, and setting an example in the community and educating the community about the economics of being a musician and what that means and, and how important it is that musicians get compensated for their work because yeah. there's so few revenue streams now that are available to performing musicians that um, the performance piece is such a big piece of that. So yes. so even for benefit events, we pay artists. I mean, even benefit events for us, we, we pay oh, yeah. artists. Um, but certainly every event, we pay musicians and we... And we try and work with venues that do the same. Like yeah. we, we, we don't, our business is to, again, support musicians, not exploit them. Oh yeah. Man, okay. I know you don't have much time. I mean, everything you're like saying right now makes me think, I wish I had an hour to sit down with you. I don't <laughs> well, know like in the we'll future. We'll have to do another hour It would sometime. be so cool if you'd yeah. be willing to like sit down totally. and talk about this sustainability because like people don't get into music necessarily yeah. because they're uh, they have any interest on the business side. No, they want to make music. Yes, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, wait a second, I want to make a living doing this. Uh, now I got to start thinking about the things I kind of got into music to avoid. And that's kind of what we do. I mean, we we provide a bunch of different kinds of uh, skills and resources, also in the creative and wellness areas, but. I would say the majority of what we end up doing, because this is what most musicians want from us, is the professional and the business training and the financial piece and the legal piece and 
all the pieces that are required to be a small business owner, which essentially every musician is, yes, um, is is you're an entrepreneur and like how do you make that work as a business yes. uh, that that oh, you can live so on. So cool. So uh, whether it, whether it's part time or whether it's full time, um, uh, and there are some musicians that that really it's their hobbyist musicians and that's great oh, yeah. too. But uh, for people that really want to make a career of music or um, uh, or have that be a piece of their of their kind of job life. Yeah. Um, we're there to help, help them give them the pieces that they need. Yeah. So that's a big part yeah. of what we do. It sounds like I mean I'm, I'm totally gonna put this in a box, but the two most valuable things it sounds like what you guys do, tr- like the training and education side, and then the networking and connecting side. I mean it sounds like you have a million more things. Yeah. Which I'm gonna I'm, <laughs> we're gonna sit down and talk about this. Okay. Let's end it with this because okay. you gotta go. Yeah. We're at Summit Brewing uh, right now, not Surly, where I thought this was. Uh, we, so we're in St. Paul, yeah. Paul, Minnesota. If, if you had a billboard, so say someone came to you, the Minnesota Music Coalition, and said, we're going to give you a billboard on the side of I-94, and it can say anything you want. About the MMC? About, about music and everything you guys do. Oh. Just some, I mean, that's, I know that's a... That's narrowing it down. But if you could just have a billboard for everybody in Minnesota to see. Or maybe it's just artists. Oh. I don't know. That's a really good question. Okay, maybe let's narrow it down. Most people that follow this are musicians. If it's just for musicians. We're here to help you. Yeah. We're here to help you in any way that you need help. Oh, that's cool. That's our message. Thanks for hanging out with me. Oh, sure.